This is your Times Daily World Briefing for Tuesday the 3rd of March. I'm Sophia Franklin. And I'm Steve Forbes. America split over potential U-turn in historic abortion law. We will not go back! And Mariupol has all but fallen to Russia. The Times Daily World Briefing. Hearing the sound of crowds gathered outside the US Supreme Court in Washington. Some shouting, We will not go back, and abortion is health care. While others chant, Hey, hey, ho, ho, Roe v. Wade has got to go. Referring to the landmark 1973 Roe v. Wade ruling, which legalised abortion across the United States, and they've gathered following news the court may overturn it. News that has left the country stunned and split down the middle. They are not going to get away with this. Let me say that I don't care what I have to do, but they're, they're not going to do this to D.C., and they are not going to do this to America. It feels like I jumped in a time machine and went back. I'm very passionate about being pro-life, and I'm just here as an observer to see uh, what the attitude is like and kind of witness history. Sarah Elliott is spokeswoman for Republicans Overseas UK. She told Times Radio how the issue of abortion has divided America for years. What it has come down to, if abortion is your voting issue and you are pro-life, you vote Republican. If you are pro-choice and that's your number one issue, you vote Democrat. It has literally come down to that. Uh, The two parties are now in trench warfare on this issue. It has been building this way since the 1970s when the moral majority that got Reagan elected started making abortion an election issue. It, It also has to be said that there are some really pretty extreme abortion laws Uh, coming through the states where if a child survives an abortion, they are allowed to die. So this is now the position of the Democratic Party. And I think Americans are waking up and saying, whoa, whoa, that's just not where I stand, even though I believe in a woman's right to choose. The discovery was made after a draft opinion document was leaked, where an associate justice of the Supreme Court of the United States wrote that the landmark decision 49 years ago was egregiously wrong. The 98-page draft also suggests each state should be able to decide whether to ban abortion. Eli Stockles is White House reporter for the LA Times and is in Washington, D.C. and has been speaking to Times Radio. This is a lengthy draft opinion signed on to, it appears, by five of the six conservatives on the Supreme Court. There may be multiple drafts, we're not sure. It's not clear if this is the draft as adopted. This was written back in February, but it appears to be an authentic document. Abortion is one of the most divisive issues in U.S. politics and has been for nearly half a century. Based on Conservative Justice Samuel Alito's opinion, the court would find the allowed abortions performed before a fetus would be viable outside the womb between 24 and 28 weeks of pregnancy was wrongly decided because the US Constitution makes no specific mention of abortion rights. David Katz, a former assistant US attorney, told Times Radio if this becomes the final version of the court's decision, it would hand historic victory to opponents of abortion. Women will not be able to get uh, an abortion in about 20 or 25 of our states. California, New York may become sanctuary states, but the reality for the the young woman, uh, she will not be able to get an abortion in her state. She'll have to either carry the baby to term, despite it may be incest or rape or whatever might be the awful situation that's going on, or she'll have to try to get a back alley abortion. 
The authenticity of the draft, reported by Politico, has not been independently verified at the time of recording this podcast. The Supreme Court and the White House declined to comment, though. In a post on Twitter, Niel Katya, a lawyer who regularly argues before the court, said if the report was accurate, it would be the first major leak from the Supreme Court ever. In Mariupol, in Ukraine, the besieged port city has now all but fallen to Russian control. Ukrainian defenders of the Azovstal steelworks there say they are under constant fire from Russian tanks and missiles. But the United Nations is still hopeful it can evacuate more civilians trapped at the site. It's thought hundreds of people are still stuck in the large network of underground rooms and tunnels at the plant. In the northeastern city of Kharkiv, Ukrainian military says the city is under the same level of bombardment it had been since the early days of the invasion. Christina Lamb is the Sunday Times of London's chief foreign correspondent who had been in the city until two days ago. The Russians thought because uh, Kharkiv is near the Russian border and is 90% Russian speaking that they would somehow be welcomed when they entered the city. Instead, they were um, greeted with enormous resistance. And in fact, at the weekend, the Ukrainians took back a bit of territory from them. So they're a little bit further away. But obviously, it's a place that they're very determined to get. It's the second biggest city in the country. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson will become the first world leader to address Ukraine's parliament since the invasion began on Tuesday as he announces £300 million of new military aid in the video link speech. The package is expected to include electronic warfare equipment, a counter-battery radar, GPS jamming equipment and night vision devices. Maria Avdiva, research director at the European Expert Association, told Times Radio the extra military aid will be welcomed. What we know is that all help that was provided previously by Britain and other allies is now used here on the front lines and it allows Ukrainian defenders to defend civilians, stop uh, Russia from committing more war crimes. And uh, this, this package will also be used here in the East and in Donbass. Oleksiy Goncharenko is a member of Ukrainian parliament and chairman of the Odessa Regional Council in Kyiv. He's told Times Radio ongoing support from the West is vital. Putin understands only force, so more weapons, that's the way to stop it as soon as possible. Uh, secondly, certainly more sanctions against Russia, not to give opportunity for Putin to afford this awful war. It's the main sanctions are ban on Russian oil and gas. And third, what will be after to rebuild yeah. country, to, to reconstruct the country. So we here need financial support. This comes as Russia has threatened to wipe out the entirety of the United Kingdom with a nuclear tsunami on state television in relation to Britain's support for Ukraine. Russian TV presenter and propagandist Dmitry Kiselyov said on state-run television on Sunday that the country was prepared to strike the UK with nuclear weapons. It followed comments from the UK's foreign secretary about Ukraine defending itself from Russia's offensive. On the way, fury in Israel after Russia's comments on Hitler and the world's rich and famous turn out for another Met Gala. The Times Daily World Briefing.
Gang violence in the capital of Haiti has seen a diplomat for the Dominican Republic kidnapped. Carlos Gillen, who was working at the Dominican Embassy in Port-au-Prince, was seized by members of the 400 Moozo gang while he was travelling to his neighbouring country. The gang is infamous for kidnapping foreigners and demanding that high ransoms be paid. In October, 16 US citizens and a Canadian were held for $1 million each when they were kidnapped while on a Christian aid mission. Dominican media have published a photo of Mr Gwilin and say the gang are demanding $500,000 for his release. Gun battles between rival gangs have also broken out across Port-au-Prince this week, seeing panicked residents flee from their homes. Gang violence in Haiti has worsened since the assassination last July of President Jovenel Moise, with large parts of the country's territory now out of the reach of state authorities. Just days after Israel marked Holocaust Remembrance Day, one of the most solemn occasions in the Israeli calendar, the country has demanded an apology from Russia's foreign minister following a series of remarks deemed anti-Semitic, including one claim that Adolf Hitler was part Jewish, Sergei Lavrov said that Hitler had Jewish blood while trying to justify Russia's portrayal of Ukraine as Nazi while on Italian television. Israel says Lavrov's remarks are unforgivable. President Zelensky said the comments suggest Moscow had forgotten all the lessons from World War II. Jared Bernstein is a former associate director of the White House Office of Public Engagement responsible for Jewish outreach and told Times Radio that it's totally absurd. Just when we think we've seen it all out of the Russian regime, uh, they go and do something that is even more outrageous than than what came before it. And I think uh, in light of us commemorating Yom HaShoah just a few days ago, uh, commemorating the loss of the six million in the Shoah and the Holocaust. Sergei Lavrov has shown himself yet again to be a henchman for a pure evil regime. Danny Dayan is the chairman of Israel's Yad Vashem Holocaust Memorial. The statement of Foreign Minister Lavrov is uh, false, is uh, despicable, and is uh, deemed of the strongest condemnation. Uh, he's basically engaging in Holocaust inversion, making the victims of the Holocaust the perpetrators and uh, that is inexcusable. Also, his use of uh, Nazi uh, terminology regarding the Ukrainian government and President Zelensky particularly is also a denigration of the term, is an offense, an affront to the victims of the real Nazism. Nazi Germany murdered six million Jews in the Holocaust during World War II. The Times Daily World Briefing. Sport. With more on how soccer's governing body for Europe is punishing Russia over its invasion of Ukraine, here's Kane Reeves. Football's European governing body UEFA has announced further sanctions against Russia. National teams and clubs will be banned from taking part in the Champions League, the Women's European Championship and qualifying for the 2023 Women's World Cup. Russia has also been disqualified from bidding to host the Euro 2028 or 2032 championships. Russia's exclusion from the Women's Euros means Portugal have been granted a place instead. While no Russian teams in the Champions League, it means the Premiership champions in Scotland will qualify directly for the group stages. The Times Daily World Briefing entertainment. New York has been full once again of glitz and glamour as the annual Met Gala got underway. 
Known for celebrities in over-the-top outfits, the event, a fundraiser for New York's Metropolitan Museum of Art, has been dubbed the Oscars of the East Coast. This year's A-list guests were told to dress in gilded glamour. Reality TV star Kim Kardashian evoked American history when she donned the sparkling gold gown that Marilyn Monroe wore six decades ago when she serenaded President John F. Kennedy with Happy Birthday, Mr. President. Kim Kardashian said she was honoured to be wearing the iconic gown. And finally, a woman who only began running after losing a leg to cancer has broken the Guinness World Record for consecutive marathons. 46-year-old Jackie Humbrow-Esmer has completed a marathon every day since mid-January, which has taken around five hours a day. On Saturday, she ran her 104th marathon in as many days. Jackie had her left leg amputated in 2002 after being diagnosed with a type of bone cancer. It could take around three months for the record to be certified. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Tuesday the 3rd of May. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts.